You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thursday is when all of the excitement begins. So Thursday is when Tainus Bechorim is observed. So that means that the, the, those who are the firstborn, so they would have to fast on Thursday. And if they're not interested in fasting, so they'll have to come, they'll have to come to shul on Thursday morning and make sure to be there when we make the, uh, the seal. So Tadis Bechorim is going to be Thursday rather than Erev Pesach, which is Shabbos, or even on Erev Shabbos. It's going to be two days in advance of what it normally would be. It's going to be on Yud base rather than Yudal. Thursday night is the last night that we could go ahead and we could do the Dikas Summits by candlelight or by flashlight ourselves. So even though normally if you do B'dikas Hametz earlier than Yudalad, earlier than the night of Erev Pesach, you do not say the bracha on B'dikah. In this scenario, when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, so we do the B'dikas Hametz Thursday night, and we follow the regular B'dikas Hametz procedure. So you put out the same 10 pieces of bread or whatever you put out. You're going to say the same bracha. You do the search that you normally do. And when you finish the search, you say the same nullification. So you follow the same order that you normally would with that, but all it's going to be done on Thursday night, the night of Yud Gimel, rather than the night of Yud Dab. Now Friday is, so Friday we're going to go ahead and we destroy the chametz. That's when we burn the chametz. Now technically, we should be able to get away with burning the chametz right before Shabbos. Because it's still Yud Gimel, it's not near Pesach yet. And there's no Yisur in which begin uh, like would normally happen on the near Pesach. However, the Pogba Chazal were concerned that if in one year you're able to burn your chametz in the afternoon, so you'll get confused the following year and think that you could burn your chametz in the afternoon. And in the following year, when you burn your chametz in the afternoon, that would already be after the time the chametz is already also. So in order to keep things uniform and to avoid confusion, so we will burn chametz the same time that we would at like any other Erev Pesach. So that will take place late in the afternoon. I don't remember the exact time, maybe like 11.53 or something like that. But that will be uh, the, the, same, the same time that we would on a normal thing. The only difference with the burning of chametz this year than other years is all other years. Why is this year different than all others? So this year, uh, on all other years, when we burn the chametz, we also make the nullification. We do the bitl chametz, because that's the time that chametz is about to be usher. But this year, since it's Erev, Erev Pesach, and you can still eat chametz for the remainder of Friday, and you can technically eat chametz Shabbos night as well as Shabbos morning, so we don't get around to doing bitl chametz, we don't make the daytime nullification until Shabbos morning. So that gets pushed off from Friday uh, when we burn it. So rather than burning and nullifying at the same time, we burn on Friday and we will nullify on Shabbos. Now, technically, as we said, you're allowed to have chametz at the meals on Shabbos if you are so brave. So if you're so brave, you can technically have it. The easiest thing to do in such a case, especially because we live in a disposable society anyways, is to prepare everything in disposable pans, and that way they can be discarded as soon as they're done, and to eat on a plastic tablecloth with disposable dishes and silverware and all of that. And when the meal is over, just fold everything up onto itself and throw it into the Skokie designated garbage can outside. 
So the Skokie designated garbage can outside is a great bracha, which we have for living in Skokie. You should feel that you're getting your tax dollars worth because once you throw it in there, it's considered to be out of your possession. It's in their domain. It's no longer in your domain. So if you discard all that stuff into the garbage can, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You may want to sweep the floor just briefly to make sure that in case any crumbs fell down there, but, uh, but, uh, but, but that's all that, uh, that you need to, uh, to do. Many people, however, will likely prepare Pesach Tika food for the meal. So they'll be having, if they're whatever chicken and meat anyway, so make a Pesach Tika recipe, whatever kumal they're going to be having, so they'll make it in a Pesach Tika way. So most people will probably be having Pesach Tika anyways. The only possibility may be Cholent Shabbos morning. If you're making Cholent Shabbos morning, then it's going to be Chametz So what I would recommend very strongly that you make it in a bag maybe even double bag it, just to make sure that the bag doesn't break open, and then you have to start scraping the, uh, the cholin pot for, uh, for chavans. But if you do that also, whenever you're done, just take those, uh, those cooking bags, twist them up, don't tie a knot, because tying a knot is an isidoraisa, but just go ahead and twist it up, discard it into the garbage, or the scopey garbage can outside, and then it's properly disposed of, and you don't have to, uh, to worry about. When it comes to lecha mishnah, on this particular Shabbos. So again, if you're bold and daring, so you'll have rolls, you'll have chametz sticker rolls, you'll eat that carefully over the table to make sure that you don't spill any, uh, spill any crumbs. In the event that you are not so daring and you have a low tolerance for risk, you're a very conservative investor rather than a risky investor, so you will go ahead and you will get to yourself some kosher lepesach egg matzah. Now, kosher lepesach egg matzah for us Ashkenazim is somewhat of a misnomer, because the only people, the only Ashkenazim who are allowed to eat uh, egg matzah are people who are elderly or people who are ill. A regular healthy person is not allowed to eat it on Pesach, and we treat it as chametz, but it's not real chametz in that regard. It's chametz that we wouldn't eat it, but it's not chametz that you're not allowed to own it. But people, but you don't have to worry about the crumbs. That's the main thing, is that you don't have to worry about chametz and the crumbs being around, and therefore many people will likely be using egg matzah for Lechem Mishnah for this, uh, for that Shabbos, rather than being bold enough to use uh, some, uh, some rolls. Now, what we're going to be doing is, is there's a whole discussion, much more than we would want to, uh, to, uh, to attend to now, but there's a whole discussion about how to go ahead and manage Shalashudas when uh, comes Shabbos afternoon, you're not allowed to eat chametz anymore because it's too late to eat chametz. You're not allowed to eat matzah because on Erev Pesach, it's also to eat matzah. So how exactly are you going to wash? So some folks can say, you just won't. You won't be able to wash your shalashudas, and you'll have meat or fish for those who like it, or eggs or something of that sort, Shabbos afternoon, or vegetables or fruit, and you'll eat something. Kinevelach, maybe cooked, uh, cooked matzah meal you're allowed to have, just not baked matzah meal. So you'll eat something in the afternoon. But what, what uh, many people try and do in order to accommodate and uh, to be able to, uh, to, uh, to wash for the third meal is, is we're going to be davening early. I think the schedule says we're going to be davening at 7.30. Uh, we're going to daven chitchak, meaning that there's no rabbis rasha or anything of that, uh, of that sort. Not that we're davening so, uh, so slowly anyways at this point without singing. But we're going to daven quickly. And then what we end up doing is we divide the morning meal into two parts. So we wash, we make hamotzi, we eat something, appetizer, salad, whatever you would like to go ahead and eat, and then we bench. That finishes seuda number two for Shabbos, and then you have to have a break. 
A break means walk around the block or something like that. It can't be, you can't go from benching straight into washing for Shal Shudas, but you have to have some sort of break. Maybe 10 minutes you're going to wait if you don't want to walk outside, but you're going to do something to formally interrupt the, uh, the meal besides benching. And then we go ahead and we wash, and then we eat the remainder of the Suda. And if you're having chametz, so you have to finish that Suda by, if I remember the time correctly, it's on the sheet, it's going to be 10.50. And in the event that it's, it's Pesach thing, so then whatever matzah, whatever bread you, uh, you ate, you have to get rid of, or whatever uh, egg matzah you're going to want to put away, not to eat any of that after 10.50. And you have to remember that whatever chametz which may remain, so you have to discard by 11.53. It has to be in the Skokie garbage can by 11.53. And you have to remember, this is a hard thing to remember, but you have to remind yourself, make sure that you say that bittel on Shabbos morning. So that way you end up having, rather than a suit at night, a suit in the morning, a suit in the afternoon, so we'll have a suit at night, two sudas in the morning, and then we'll have some snack stuff in the afternoon. You'll be starving at that point anyways, because you're finished with lunch by, uh, by uh, you know, 10.50, or let's say even 11.50, you go that, uh, that late. So by the time you get to, uh, to the afternoon, you'll be hungry anyways. So you grab some snacks at that point, the meat, the fish, the uh, whatever it happens to, to be, and then you'll have what would effectively be a fourth meal, for uh, for Shabbos. Now this year, being that we're going from Shabbos into Yantif, so there are a number of Seder preparations which have to be done before Shabbos, or have to, or should be done before Shabbos. So the roasting of the zroa in egg that has to be done before Shabbos. The charoses should already be made before Shabbos. The salt water which you're going to use should be prepared before Shabbos. As far as the uh, mower is concerned, if you use actual ground horseradish. So many posts were of the opinion that you should grind that also before Shabbos. Uh, the Grah very famously held that if you grind the horseradish too far in advance, it loses its potency and is not going to be, it's not going to fill the mitzvah. So he was of the opinion that you're going to grind it specifically after Shabbos in a manner which conforms with halacha, meaning that you have to use a sort of shinui. So either you use the grater upside down or rather than grating it onto a plate, you grate it onto a dish towel, a clean dish towel, and you grate it directly onto the table, some sort of machinery that's on the sheet, which you'll be able to, uh, to read in the in, in see. So those are all things which you should do before Shabbos, besides which it'll just make starting the Seder that much, uh, 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 that much faster if you don't have to do those things. But there's specific halakhic reasons why those preparations should be done before Shabbos. You should remember, taking it back to Erev Shabbos, that, uh, depending on what type of stove you have and whatnot, it would be wise to light a yurtzite candle before Shabbos so that you'll have a burning flame with which to light your yantif candles. So you need some sort of active flame to be burning after Shabbos in order to be able to, to, uh, to use to light your, uh, your yantif candles. So you want to make sure that you have that uh, uh, prepared in advance as well. Um, and then the other thing is, is that uh, the, this is all going to be part of the Haggadah, so you'll see it there anyways, but you want to make sure that we have uh, young Israel sells Yak Nahaz candles, so we just have this in Dafyomi for the Dafyomi people, but this is where we have that long Kiddush of Yayin Kiddush Ner Havdalah Zman. So it's a nice long Kiddush which, uh, which we say. So you want to make sure that you have something which is prepared for your Havdalah candle in order to be able to, uh, to, use, uh, to use for that, uh, for that, uh, that purpose. Um, as far as I know, so that is uh, the brief summary. 
Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 